And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns with you post-Christmas. Hopefully everyone uh, enjoyed their Christmas with the families. Nice little Christmas Eve victory for the Bears. Adam Johns and uh, a day to digest everything before we we jump into what it all means. Are, are you talking about the Bears or all the food I ate? The, the cookies yeah. and the sweets? And the... Well, both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Now that digestion takes a, a couple days. I, I'm not a young 21-year-old who recovers quickly anymore. I'm a Forty-something sports writer. I, I don't know what it's like in your family. In mine, Christmas Eve is almost a bigger deal than Christmas Day, especially when it comes to the food. Like usually, like we have a tradition of shrimp and crab, and you know we go all out with the seafood on Christmas Eve. And um, you know, to be honest, I felt like I missed most of it because you know the Bears game and. We're doing CHGO on Sunday, and by the time I got back in there, like, dude, where'd all the crab go? <laughs> got like a couple legs there, Lane. Not enough leftovers. Yeah, no. Well, that stuff goes fast in my in this house. I got. There's, there's always one like food it, like that that clears out where there's never enough for right. like the next morning. Like same thing applies to Thanksgiving. Like there's always enough turkey and stuffing, right? But. Other side dishes, like sometimes your favorites, there's never enough for the the second helping that you want the next day. I did do some digging around, though, last night, and I accidentally found a secret stash of crab legs. (laughs) Oh, someone hid them. And I was like, well, wait a minute here. So, I don't know. This might we might need an investigation to figure all this out. Or you're telling yourself, Merry effing Christmas, Adam Ho. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it's been a a good couple days, and and of course... uh, we apologize for not having a post-game episode Sunday, but, um, you know, I think people were enjoying the game and spending time with their families anyway. So we're going to sort of do a mixed Tuesday episode for you. We'll react to everything from Sunday and then uh, spin the conversation forward as we usually do. We got some voicemails, a little lighter than usual because of the holiday, and that's all good. Um, but plenty of conversation. I know there's been a lot of reaction the last couple of days to Justin Fields' game. Um, how about the Patriots winning uh, that helped the Bears with the number one pick situation as well? Uh, and there's uh, Caleb Williams tweet that's gone viral for many reasons uh, with with the Bears. It's not even one of his tweets. It's just 
a, a like of a tweet. Gotta love that. <laughs> That's 2023 yes. sports coverage for you. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. He's got a new column up today um, on Justin Fields and Ryan Poles. And um, I brought in some of the conversation from Randy Mueller from last week's episode. We'll, we'll discuss some of that as well. And uh, you can also find us at Hogan Johns and at HoganJohns.com as well to get all your merch. And uh, that's all there for you, as as always. All right. We're going to play a voicemail a little bit earlier on in this show. Before we get to that, though, just initial reaction from Sunday's game. Bears get a win. They're now 6-9 and nine on the season. Nice. And uh, just what was your what was your biggest takeaway? Uh, biggest takeaway is I think the defense found a way to close the door. I do think the defensive progress is more than tangible. It's it's beyond real at this point. They're they're consistent and Kyler Murray can be good in two minute situations and the defense, the Bears defense, at least in this game, uh well it was better. I think that's real for the Bears. And it's a bad team, but it's still good to be bad teams. I think you want a little bit more from Justin Fields, but the running game was back. The offensive line had a great game against an inferior opponent. So there's there's things to feel good about for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it was good that they closed the door. Um I I didn't necessarily I I didn't necessarily like that they only managed two field goals in the second half. You know, that seemed like a that seemed like a game that very that early on could have been a big blowout and then all of a sudden fourth quarter interception and it's a one possession game just like that. Um and I it just Look, a win's a win. You feel good about it. You take them in the NFL, no question about it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, if they're not playing the Cardinals, like, does that become yet another game? They yeah. don't, they don't finish. Yeah, don't um, get but me wrong. They did finish it, so you know, good for them. They did I, it. I did have that vibe of, oh, like here we go again. Yeah. Like those three comeback wins for, well, who was it? The Broncos, the Lions, and the uh, why am I forget the Browns? Yeah. Um, awful game. Um. It did have that vibe to it. Even my sons who were watching that game had they're like, "Oh no, it's going to happen again." And I think the defense again against an inferior opponent, but you play who you play. Well, they shut the door this time, and I think that's that. That's a positive. You could take that positive and build on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Curious how the voicemails sound. I know we got a, you know fewer than usual just because of it being Christmas, but um, we'll see what the positivity was like, and maybe you know. Maybe some negativity at the end. I don't know. Let's see. We had too much eggnog. Yeah, that too. Um, probably Bob Dabrowski, but <laughs> just just guessing. Uh, let's get to your voicemails here from Sunday's win over the Cardinals. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! After last week's loss to the Browns, true Bears fans are rooting for losses from here on out. Go Cardinals. 
Gannon after the game is going to be saying the Bears are who we thought they were, but we didn't leave them off the hook. Let's go. Bear down. Go Cardinals. Doesn't make sense. Bear down. 21-7. Bears just punted. And I'm getting a real bad feeling. I don't know what it is, but Fields' body language on the field today just looks like he's fully given up. I mean, after the Patrick Phantom hold that took off his 32-yard scramble, after each missed pass, he just, he eyes to the sky, he ain't looking good, lad. I just saw the Bears' defense get just absolutely schooled by a dude named Greg Dort on third down. I thought Fluce was supposed to be a great defensive line. I think we can all say, like, no one on this team knows how to call plays. Merry Christmas, I guess. Bye. Guys, I'm just trying to have a Merry Christmas Eve with my family. Are the Bears really going to f*** this up? Hogan Johns, Bears win, and I'm sad. You know, all signs are pointing in Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields, all three, being booted from Chicago. Uh, maybe Eberflus hangs on because of his defense, but still it's frustrating as a fan of Justin. Um, I wanted it to work out so bad, but... I wanted to also preemptively thank you guys for all the hard work this year and uh, hope you guys have a happy holidays and uh, maybe 2024 will be our year. Bear down. Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. All I wanted for Christmas is a Bears win, and that's what I got. Bear down! Did it for B-Man. I love it. I love it. Should we check in on Bob? Yeah, Bob. Well, you know what? I think it was the eggnog. You didn't even... (laughs) Call in. He was just passed out on his couch. Yeah, yeah. man, he's that uncle. Yeah. I don't know if he's even an uncle, but he's he's, he's he might be that guy in the family. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. By the way, I might be able to actually do this today because maybe not. Nope. I'm actually using my laptop computer. No, it didn't work. That's disappointing. I have to figure that out. All right. Um. So you could tell there was some nervousness in there <laughs> late. Uh, so we weren't the only ones sort of feeling like that. I, a couple of angles I want to bring up. I was a little... If you haven't noticed, the Bears fan base is polarizing right now on a number of different topics. And it seemed like even post-game Sunday when we did our CHO show, there was a lot of... Uh, fans feeling kind of how I was feeling, which was like, oh, wait a minute, that got dicey in the second half. And, you know, Fields was good, but he still that fourth quarter interception. You, you got to wonder, like, how much that just feels like it weighs more in the evaluation. Um, and then there was a n- number of other fans, it might even been the majority, that were just like almost upset that. How dared you even like bring up some of the bad things that happened in the second half? Like that was a good win. They got it. They got off to a good start. And I was surprised a little bit by that pushback. I mean, again, you you every fan's allowed to watch the game and feel the way they they want to feel. Like there's no problem with that. But it, the blowback we got a, surprised me a little bit, Johns. Is it more to do with the quarterback and in his struggles, or is it more to do with well, with what exactly? Like Dorch. Torch. I mean, if you're writing for like the Cardinals, yeah. like you know, Dorch, Dorch, the torch. Dorch. By the way, Greg Dorch, PHNX is own. Greg Dorch. He's their Cole Komet 
in Arizona. Oh, okay. And Patrick Sertan in Denver. Like, he's part of the All-City family. So, you know, good for him. Well, if they didn't use Dorch Torch the Bears for at least yeah. one sentence in their review of that game, well, like, can we say, like, can I say something? Like, when I heard that, that's not a Matt Eberflus. How about Tyreek Stevenson and Eddie Jackson make the tackle in open field, by the way? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like in that case, that is squarely on the player. <laughs> You know. Also, in the NFL, like you're, I, I, you're not gonna have a, you're gonna pitch a perfect game defensively. No. There's gonna be some big play at some point. As much as Matt Eberflus would love to get on that field and make a tackle himself, because you know he does. You yeah. absolutely, absolutely know he does. He can't do that. Like, it's, it's not happening. You know, like Tyreek Stevenson, rookie cornerback, has to make the tackle there. Same with Eddie Jackson, veteran safety. Um, uh, I, I guess. My question for you, like, it, it's got to be the Justin Field conversation, right? Because, like, if you just look at the stats, and I think people are tired of hearing the stats, but, like, going into that game, the Cardinals were averaging, were, were opposing quarterbacks playing the Cardinals, were allowing an average of a 100.3.8 passer rating. Second worst mark in the league. Justin Fields' was... 30 points below that mm-hmm. like that like you should expect better right you want to expect better I want to expect better of a quarterback right look I you had a column up today about whether you know we're all over complicating this evaluation and I'll let you get into some of that you know since you wrote it but you know, where I, where I'm at, and I know I've said this a couple times now. I just want to reemphasize it because sometimes I get like, here's my official stance on Justin Fields, and I actually think I've been very consistent about this. I think we know exactly who he is and what he is. I actually think he's he is more consistent than people give him credit for. Some of that being good, and some of that being bad. Like, almost every game, he is going to be the one the defenses are worried about the most. He's going to beat you with his legs. He's going to make one or two incredible plays that almost every other quarterback in the league couldn't do. He's going to be late on three to five throws. Maybe a couple of them still get completed. And then another two get batted away. Like the first third down throw to Cole Komet in that game was a late throw. And it got knocked away and the Bears punted. And it should have been a first down. The fourth quarter interceptions are a thing. You cannot deny that. He has six of them now this season. It's tied for the most in the league. Yes, most in the league. Okay, so that's like a thing. It's on his resume. And you're going to get those fourth quarter mistakes. And unfortunately, when you look at the numbers, not just this year, but over the course course of his career, the fourth quarter is his worst, worst quarter. So, but I actually think all those things I said, all the good, all the bad there, is pretty much consistent. Like, you know that's what he is. And by the way, I think that's good enough to keep him around if, when you put on the ledger the Caleb Williams-Drake May situation versus the Justin Fields situation, 
if a team offers you enough for that first pick, you know, they blow you out of the water with enough trade capital, draft assets, whatever. Like I saw I saw Braggs throw this out there like the other day, and it seems crazy at first, but like if the Raiders give you three first pick first round picks and Max Crosby. Sounds insane. But if some team's willing to do that for that for Caleb Williams, everything I just said about Justin Fields, that's that might be good enough to surround him with a perfect roster and and be able to win with. But on the other hand, I do not fault the general manager if he looks at everything I just said and he knows the evaluation better than we do and he also knows the the valuation of Caleb Williams and Drake May better than we do and he decides that isn't enough to from your quarterback position and we're going to move on. Like I can I honestly can see it both ways. And that's part of why this is so polarizing. I get it. And everyone wants to get so mad every time they hear someone say something negative about Justin. But it's just like, dude, this is who he is. He's very good. He's very special. And he also does a lot of things that drive you crazy at the same time. And he, in my opinion, he's a good enough quarterback to move forward with. But he still might not be the best option. If Ryan Poles makes that decision, I'm not going to criticize it. I guess my question is good enough for how long? And another question is like when I first saw Braggs's trade proposal from the Raiders, sure, there's some level of insanity there, but I think there is background to it because you saw, well, the 49ers did it to trade up for yeah. Trey Lance of all quarterbacks. And Caleb Williams is supposed to be better than that. And that wasn't even for the number one pick. It's that was just to three. become second number or three. three. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, there's some logic there, actually, that some team could get desperate enough if they really love Caleb Williams. That they, and that, so here's so my here, follow up to you. Oh, you oh, on that? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because okay. I had a follow up to that. Like okay. my follow up would be like, oh my gosh, they're offering this much. What am I missing on Williams that they're seeing? Yeah. Well, that's fair. What am I missing on Drake May that they're seeing? Go back to work, guys. Go do some more research. What do they know that we don't? So do you think Ryan Poles' mind is made up already? Or do you think that like last year, there's a there's more evaluation that needs to be done and he's going to weigh trade offers both for Justin Fields and the number one pick before he decides? Or do you think this is already, no, I know what direction I'm going in? This is what I think. I don't think his roster last year, meaning going into this year, was ready for a rookie quarterback. I think that he'll think that his roster for 2024 will be more ready for a rookie quarterback than it was this year. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. He'll have a receiver in DJ Moore. He'll have a better offensive line. He'll have a defense, maybe a top 10 defense with an added pass rusher, right? Because you know that's going to be an offseason priority. That will help the transition from Justin Fields to a younger quarterback. So I don't know if his mind is fully made up, but I think in terms of roster construction, next year's roster for the quarterback, whether that's Justin Fields or a rookie, 
will be better. And, and I just think like I have this in my column, like the mo- I call it the Moneyball reality. The Moneyball reality is that Justin Fields' on-field production, especially as a pastor, will not be that tough to reproduce. It just won't be because it's not that good. I'll give you the numbers in a minute. It's just not that good. That like that's the hard reality. Now the running, that's special. That'll be tough to to reproduce. But the the hard passing, you can find a quarterback that can reproduce that. You can't. It could be even. I'll just say you just can. Like in terms of like a veteran quarterback, like you could reproduce the passing numbers. Um, and then you get a rookie quarterback. On a contract. Like, I don't think Justin Fields' numbers are good enough where he could pick up the 2025 fifth year option. You, you just can't. Like, can he be your starter in 2024? Sure. But he's, but you can't tell me, like, after this season that he's, that his play warrants what that 25, 2025 fifth year option amounts to. Like, his rankings amongst like the quarterbacks in the league don't equate to that to me. I mean, am I, am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think you are, which I think kind of brings us to, I think part of your point with your column, are we making this too complicated? Because when I just, I'm doing it right now. (laughs) No, I know, but but I'm overcomplicating it right now. (laughs) You're, You're not, because I think what you're getting at is like, if you are in a spot after three years that you don't feel like you can pick up the fifth year option, and oh, by the way, you might have the number one pick. You probably will have the number one pick with Caleb Williams staring you right there. Like, I, those are the moments when I put it in that type of perspective. Where as much as it sucks, and as much as people don't want to hear this, that love Justin Fields, and there's many reasons to love Justin Fields. So don't get me wrong. That just seems like an easy decision to me. If you don't feel like he's good enough to pick up the fifth-year option and you have Caleb Williams right there staring at you on a rookie contract starting over, and and you might disagree with this, and when I say you, I'm talking about our listeners. You might be the biggest Justin Fields fan in the world, and you just might disagree with that. That's fine. But part of our job here is to have a feel for what the talent evaluators and the decision-makers feel or how they look at this. And I just find it hard to believe that a general manager is going to look at how we just laid that out right now and not move on this offseason. That's just how I feel about it right now. Yeah. But again, please do not get me wrong. I still feel like if you kept Justin, you traded the number one pick, you'd you could you'd still have a, a successful team. I, I, I guess just, like yeah. the, the the layer to that question is if you're building around Justin Fields, aren't you building around his potential replacement? Right, and I get that's yeah. layered because you're passing on Marvin Harrison Jr. Like so, instead of taking Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe you take the second best receiver in the slow to draft class. Like, why can't you trade your second first overall pick for more draft capital? You know what I'm saying? Maybe someone wants to move up for J.J. McCarthy at number 10. Right. Maybe that's when Jaden Daniels goes at number 10. Like teams move up for quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes was the 10th overall quarter, you know, was number 10 overall pick. You know, like it happens. Well, and that's also, I think you got to factor that this situation into why now might be the time to strike on a quarterback again. Because 
not only are you not in a spot where you have to be desperate enough to trade up for a quarterback, but you can take that quarterback and still have another top 10 pick. Yeah. Like, it's not even like you're waiting. Like, I, I think a lot of times it's like when you're desperate for a quarterback, even if you don't have to trade up for one, it's like, oh, we got to use our first round pick on a quarterback when we have all these other needs. Like, most teams drafting a quarterback have a lot of other needs. And the Bears are in this lux- luxury position where they can take that quarterback and still draft another player in the top 10. Yes, yes, yes. Or trade back. Or trade back for more cap, in, in, which might be what they do because remember, they don't have a second-round pick. So the numbers, do you want them now? Like this, this is what I mean about like, I think that you could reproduce the passing numbers. I don't think it's going to be that difficult, all right? So completion percentage right now with two games left. Justin Fields, you know where he ranks? Is this just this season? Just this season. Okay. I don't. 27th. In completion percentage, okay. All right? Passing yards per game, 23rd. Passer rating, 21st. QBR. 22nd interception rate 27th sack rate let me sure make sure i got this right sack rate 30th 30th adjusted net yards per attempt which before like epa took off like this is it's a long standing metric for valuing quality quarterback play Right, if you go through history, the quarterbacks with the best adjusted net yards per pass attempt are like the greatest of all time. Okay, this season Justin Fields ranks twenty fifth, and and like like his sack rate, interception rate, and his adjusted adjusted net yards attempt, like they've all improved for him, but it's still not amongst the best. At his position. That is a fair way to put it. Individual improvement. But still not amongst the best. In his position. As a passer. And I get you have to factor in the running. I get it. But quarterbacks are passers first. And you have to wonder. How long the running is sustainable. Looking for an assist with your credit card. But can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Which brings me to another thing I want to talk about from Sunday's game. Those are all really good numbers, by the way. kind of, again, puts things into perspective. What did you think about the way that Justin was... It just seemed like he was more willing to slide earlier the uh 39 just about taking hits i'm not fully sure what you said about that 39 yarder he had before his interception but i thought he could have scored like yeah. when he looked back at the would be tacklers maybe he was a bit surprised by himself cuz he ran through two guys two arm tackles and i'm thinking to myself watching it on my tv right there that he could score and then he slid yeah. Um, I don't mind it. I do think there's value, even if you're like, if the Bears are a playoff team, like you should still slide, like, yeah, protect yourself a bit. But do I think he could have scored? Yes, I think like last year's version of Justin Fields tries to, you know, and and maybe that's part of his evolution as a quarterback. I'm not criticizing him at all for not trying to score there. In fact, if you're, I said this on Sunday's show too, if you're going to move forward with Justin Fields as your quarterback, you need him to slide like that. You need him to be fully conscious like he was Sunday about taking hits uh, or not taking hits. So I don't have a problem with it at all. But I did find it interesting because I think this is something that has sort of changed through the course of this season compared to last year is we have seen fewer, not, ex- I mean, there's plenty of explosives still, but those big crazy, like on any given moment, he can break off a 65 yard touchdown run. There's been less of that. Like think about that Eagles run last year where he barely stepped out of bounds and, and Jonathan Gannon, who was the Eagles DC last year, actually referenced that play this week when he was preparing for him or last week, I should say. And he's like, you know, so again, I just find it interesting as like a talking point. I think it's something that is part of Justin's evolution right now. And like I said, if if you're going to move forward with him as your quarterback, you need him to be conscientious in those situations about not taking a hit. But he ended up throwing an interception right after that. He didn't score. And that would have been the dagger in the game. Now you won anyway. I just found it interesting. The scrambles are um, down this year. 
um, hard numbers. Um, this is from Pro Football Reference. Scrambles in 2021, 46. Scrambles in 2022, 69. Nice. Nice. Scrambles in 2023, 37. Interesting. Now, obviously, Fields has two more games to play. He played 15 games last year, but that's a 32 scramble difference there. Right. I also think it would be fair to say too that the offensive line's been better. But that's what's inter- interesting about a sack rate still being as bad as it is. Right? I don't think his offensive line's perfect by any means. I do think it's been better. I do think it's a need of a like I think one of the biggest conversations the Bears will have is whether or not Braxton Jones is the future at left tackle, or are you going to take one of those studs <laughs> in yeah. the top ten? Like that's a that's another layered conversation because you need other help. You need a new center. So I, I do think the the offensive line is is like there's going to be investment there. Um, like you get Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis, and and, well, and Tevin Jenkins. Health is always a concern, and you have Darnell right. So I think there's potential investment coming there. Um, but yes, to your point, like the scrambles are down. You know what I think could be part of the Braxton Jones evaluation too, though, or projection going forward. Um, can you live with him if your quarterback gets rid of the ball faster? Probably. You know, because you just invested a top 10 pick at right tackle. And you found this, you know, for a fifth round pick, Braxton Jones has been really good. And, you know, it's saving you money to have two young tackles like that instead of having to go out. Now you could use top 10 draft capital again on a left tackle. You can go out and sign somebody for a ridiculous amount of money or – can you live with the cheaper option on the blind side if you have a quarterback that happens to be really good at catch release? Get the ball out. Maybe. I mean, that again, that's how these guys look at this stuff. Maybe, maybe. Again, layered, but to go back to my question, like, are we guilty of over, overcomplicating this? I, I think I am. I, I definitely think I am. Um, let me ask you this. I, I have this in my column as well. To use Poles' own phrasing about being like blown away by a quarterback prospect, I think we can apply that to the Justin Fields evaluation. Has Justin Fields blown away Ryan Poles and his well, scouting staff, Ian Cunningham? Has he done it? What's your answer? I know what my answer is. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I, I, when you no, when you list those passing numbers, no. Has he blown? Has he blown us all away with his rushing ability? Yeah, obviously. But like you said earlier, like you got to you got to be a quarterback too. And when you when you put all those passing numbers and lay them out the way you did, Johns, I, I don't I don't see how the answer to that question could be yes. You know, it's you look at where Justin Fields with all those rankings I just provided in, in the players that like that he's around the quarterbacks, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett. I'll give you a few other names. Um, 
hold on, hold on. I just want to be accurate on this. Yeah, we don't want to be quoted in any editorials here. No, no. Like um, Aiden O'Connell, you know, Zach Wilson, Will Levis. Like he's better than all of them. Yeah. He is. But what makes this so different is that the Bears have the first pick. And how often do you have the first pick in back-to-back years? How often are you looking at a quarterback like Caleb Williams and passing on him? Well, and I think that gets back to your question. Like, So you go back to last year when the standard was, can any of these quarterbacks in the draft blow Ryan Poles away to the point that he's going to give up on Justin Fields after just two seasons? But now you got to look at it again. like, And now that you've had three seasons... And you're right, include Justin Fields in it. Which of these quarterbacks now in this equation blow you away the most? And you're right, it's almost reversed this year. Has Justin Fields blown you away enough to pass on Caleb Williams? Like, Do I think that Caleb Williams can walk into the NFL and deliver passing numbers that are at least similar to Justin Fields' current production? My honest answer is, Probably yes. Probably better. Probably yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then again, the money ball reality in this is that you get him on a rookie contract for four years instead of picking up a fifth year option in twenty twenty five. Or if not picking up that option, using the franchise tag or having a Daniel Jones like situation where you have to pay him. That's a, that's part of roster building as well. Now you get a rookie quarterback who could probably deliver Decent passing numbers if we're just comparing it to Justin Fields. But now you get to use instead of draft capital, because everyone's obsessed about draft capital, but now you have free agency capital. You know what I'm talking about? Now you could right. well <laughs> sign your own guys, re-sign your own guys. Hello, Jalen Johnson. And you could go in free agency and be like, you know what? We really need a veteran center. There you go. But that's why I brought up the Braxton Jones thing, too, because it's it's another spot where it's like, do we have to spend money at this position, a premium position, or not? Yeah. And if a different quarterback can help that left tackle, they are almost killing two birds with one stone there. Now you're saving money at quarterback and left tackle to spend that that money elsewhere. Well, speaking of Caleb Williams, Johns, there's a, a, a tweet that uh, everyone's talking about. It's not even one of his tweets, but he liked a tweet, and because it's 2023, this is what Bears fans are all hyped up about and debating, um, but it is kind of interesting. So uh, we we are looking at a tweet from Spenny. Shout out to Spenny. Uh, on Christmas Eve, only one option for the Chicago Bears in the 2024 NFL draft. It's not Caleb Williams. We want Justin Fields. The answer is Marvin Harrison Jr. And this person tagged tagged the Bears, tagged Caleb, tagged, everyone. tagged Justin Fields, tagged Marvin Harrison Jr. And Mar uh and and Caleb liked it. He liked this tweet. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh no, he doesn't want to play for the Bears. John's he's liking the idea of them passing on him. This remind see, I, I interpret this completely different than me, me too. Than that. Like this yeah. is a guy. In Caleb Williams, who would like things like this 
to help motivate him. Not that he needs it, but we know some of the greatest ones are motivated by such things. Yeah. Including like Michael Jordan. If you did not watch the last dance, like forget Aaron Rodgers, forget Tom Brady, because they did it. I just think of Michael Jordan, who would like invent slights against himself within games to motivate him. Like that was all in the last dance, right? Like in, yes. in books, um, this is all documented. The greatest basketball player of all time would do this. Like that's how I interpret this as like this is fine, don't draft me and see how much you regret it. That's how I interpret this. Well, and he does have a history of this. Some people pointed out some other past tweets that he's hit the like button on that have been like negative ones towards him. So it seems like he he he, he might, you know, now we're really reading into this, but he, he might have a history here of liking things, like slights just to motivate him. There's another tweet, though, that popped up here that he liked in the last 16 hours or so. Um, now this is a positive one. Shout out to Jimbo now. I've waited my whole life for a quarterback like Caleb Williams on the Chicago Bears. I spent Christmas making this. It's a highlight reel that he puts here. But I'm not paying for a blue check to post the full thing. And one, <laughs> true freshman not supposed to be playing in this game, by the way. And he tagged Caleb Williams, who then liked it. These are his highlights from the game I was talking about last week where he came in uh, Red River rivalry against Texas they were losing 28 to 7 they were still losing by 18 going in the fourth quarter and he brought them back um had an unbelievable game he did not start the game Spencer Rattler got benched in the middle of it Caleb Williams came in unbelievable atmosphere unbelievable pressure and he delivered um in the highlights this is what I was talking about last week it's in, it's incredible um so I don't know why that you know so you went you did post that that yeah. one of the clips from that game. And yes. a couple of weeks ago you weren't blown away by his film. Are you changing your your mind here? So are you, are you digging deeper, Adam Hogue? I am digging deeper. Like I said at the time, people got mad at me because I watched, you know, his two worst games from the season, which again for the I was, 1, at, I was at Notre time, Dame. I was there. You were at the Notre Dame game. I, I'm I did not choose those two games because they were his worst I asked hey what are the two you know toughest defenses he faced that'll simulate NFL like uh talent and that happened to be Utah and Notre Dame this year and those were not his two best games also at the time there was plenty of good in those games too but to use that standard of blown away after watching those two tapes I was not blown away and I said we're just beginning this evaluation you know, ch- check back with me once I watch more of these tapes. So I decided to go back to the beginning and 2021 when he's on Oklahoma. Let's do this in chronological order. Let's get this full picture. And it's going to take some time. Guys, I, don't, I can't sit here and watch Caleb Williams all day, every day when I still have to cover the Bears here. But um, yeah, this Oklahoma game, this Oklahoma Texas game, I should say, from 2021, 100% blown away. I mean, he comes in, first snap, runs for a 65-yard touchdown. It, 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 then at the end of the game, the the throw I posted on Twitter last week was just insane 57-yard throw to the front pylon to Marvin Mims Jr. in crunch time on third and 19 when they had to have it. I mean, these are the type of huge moments. Um, in So, yes, especially given the circumstances – was completely blown away. I've since also watched the Fresno State game from that year. And 
again, very good. I don't know if it rises to the level of blown away. It's, the circumstances were a little bit different, but he was still definitely very good. And so I think probably more of the 2021 20, tapes I watch in 2022, I'm going to be more blown away than maybe his struggles that we've seen this year. I think before we go, um, like one of the most important factors that's not discussed enough right now is that Ryan Poles is probably prepared for all this. That Remember the conversation before the season? Mm-hmm. The pivot? It's all part of the plan in a sense. The pivot? This, the pivot. The pivot move. Are you saying pivoting at quarterback? Yes. Yeah. That if Justin Fields doesn't become the consistent quarterback that the Bears want him to be, improve considerably in some areas, then Ryan Poles built in a pivot to change quarterbacks given that there was an outstanding class coming. And again, this was before the season. Caleb Williams and Drake May were discussed. It was praised as a great move, you know, and I think the roller coaster ride itself has kind of made us forget that that pivot move was even made, you know? But the Bears have the first pick. The conversations are different. Well, and that's the thing. Like, that, that was with no guarantee that you were going to have the first pick at all. Like, you might have had to bundle some picks to have access to Caleb Williams. Um, so now that that opportunity is in front of you, and I, we did want to bring that up here before we get out of here. Um, the draft order now, with that Patriots win on Sunday, that was a huge one because the Patriots were the team that was flirting with Carolina in terms of tying strength of schedule. So for them to add their fourth win of the season, they fall back. Uh, essentially, Carolina slash the Bears has a um, <laughs> two-game lead in the situation like on that. getting the number slash one pick. Because, look, to simplify this as much as possible, they're going to have the tiebreaker over Arizona, who is the only team now with three loss or three wins, I should say. So if the if the Panthers lose another game with two games to go, if they lose one of the two games, the Bears are going to have the number one pick, and that's crazy. Sorry, I got two little elves raiding a box of cookies next to oh. me. I was a bit distracted. No, it's all right. <laughs> so, um, what are you saying? It, Bears have the I first was pick. Saying, <laughs> I was saying the Bears are going to have the first pick. All yes. they need is basically Carolina to to lose one more game. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen. It, um, See the Bears at number eight there? Where do you think yeah. that, that finishes? Because they're going to beat the Falcons. Preview, you think so? Preview. <laughs> Pre- preview episode over for the Thursday. Falcons look pretty good on Sunday. What about like two weeks ago? Looked pretty yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think they finish in the 8 to 11 range. If, I think... 11 or 12 probably being the highest. Look at Green Bay's right there as well. Um, Which, again, is a good range for some of these pass rushers, a good range for the second-best receiver, and a good range for trading back a few spots if somebody wants to move up for Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be in a similar spot as they were last year with that pick, you know, after trading back. They were at 9. They traded back one more spot on draft night to 10. That's where they ended up getting Darnell Wright. You're going to have access to a very good player there. Um, 
and you probably don't need to, to trade up. And oh, by the way, you might get Caleb Williams with the first pick on top of it. Again, I think as much as this gets polarizing, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this episode that love Justin Fields and aren't going to love it. That's that's fine. Just I do think it's important to keep perspective that we are in our ninth year doing this podcast. We're almost celebrating our 10-year anniversary, and this by far, in my opinion, is the best position the Bears have been in to get themselves in position for sustained long-term success. And remarkably, and we should bring this into the conversation Thursday, we didn't really talk about that coaching situation at all in this episode. And that's still the decision that's got to be made first. Um, you know, how do what does this coaching staff look like before they bring in perhaps a new quarterback into the mix? Meanwhile, the playoff chances are basically gone, guys. One percent. One percent. Um, they're two games back with two games to go and four teams in between. So, absolute miracle would be needed even if they win their last two games. I think they're going to split these two games, Johns. The, the way the Falcons played on Sunday, well, I had a feeling, though, with Heineke playing, that it was actually going to be better for them. Um, but, you know, Week 18 still the Packers, and they still haven't beaten the Packers since 2018. Really? Has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> Man. So, so I certainly don't think it's a, a guarantee here that they're going to go 2-0 and to end the season or anything. But, all right. Good discussion today. You got any final thoughts? The final thought I have is the if the Bears do to go two and zero down the stretch here, Matt Eberflus is definitely coming back. <laughs> okay, well let's save some of that more. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. Like, I, I think the same question can be asked and answered in that conversation. Do you think that decision's already been made, or can it? Can these last two games? affect that and I think that that's something worth discussing more on Thursday when we come back and preview this game against the Falcons make sure you're following us on Twitter in the meantime at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns at Hogan Johns our show account on Twitter as well you can get all of our merch at hogueandjohns.com we will be back in a couple days we'll hear what Flus has to say at Hallis Hall and um do a little bit more digging on this Falcons team. See if the Bears can get another win this week. Do you know they're six and five in their last eleven? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Spe- okay. Speaking of things that head coach will be pointing at to keep his job. Now, oh. the first four weeks of the season still did happen. That but, is more wins than losses, Adam Hoke. <laughs> but you could sit there and say they are six and five with three of those five losses being games they should have won. They've doubled their win total from last year. Hooray! But to me, seven wins was the floor for the season. I believe it was the the line was six and a half, right? It was higher. Seven and a half. Seven. No, it definitely wasn't eight. No way. At least seven. Double check. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the next couple days, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. Merry Christmas. Anyway, uh, who cares? <laughs>